0: Welcome to the Ad Heart Podcast, the podcast that inspires heart first living. This is where you'll get practical tools to reduce stress, inspire creative action, and energize your personal growth momentum, along with ways to apply these tools. And now here's your host, Deborah Rosman.
1: Hi, I'm Deborah Rosman, and a warm welcome to our listeners of the Ad Heart Podcasts. And the purpose of this at Heart podcast series is to inspire forward movement and heart-powered intention. And my topic this episode is your heart's intuitive guidance. And my guest is Neil Donald Walsh, who is well known for his book and work on conversations with God. And his latest book, The God's Solution, The Power of Pure Love, was just released. And we're launching this episode in February, Heart Month, where we celebrate love and the heart. So I'm just so honored to have you as my guest this month, Neil. Welcome. Thank you. As you probably know, the HeartMath Institute's been researching the heart, brain, spirit communication pathways since 1991, over 30 years. And our research, as well as others, is showing that the heart, receives intuitive information from spirit soul source higher dimension god whatever one wants to call that and then sends that information to the brain mind which interprets it then signals the body to respond and because the heart receives it first we call it heart intelligence and i wondered how you view the heart in relationship to god or source from your experience
0: i think i view it very much the way you've just described it to me it feels like well honestly the entire body is a receiver of energy and therefore information data from the universe and uh since the entire body is an intake mechanism uh the heart would understandably be that but in my opinion the heart is the core of it the center of it the the major receiver of it the the most um, active aspect of that re- receiving activity that is going on throughout the human body. So I, th- I think that, um, and then, you know what, I think I'll go further. I think that the heart was designed, in fact, to perform that function. So I think that, uh, that um, you know, we can feel things in our heart that we sometimes can't even give words but the, um, but the feelings are unmistakable. I almost want to say unmistakable. And sometimes we, have, we fight to give words to those feelings uh, because words, as I was told in conversations with God, words are the least reliable form of communication.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So I find myself trying to put my feelings into words and doing the best I can. Sometimes I try to translate my feelings into actions without speaking, which is also sometimes a very powerful way to demonstrate and illustrate what I'm feeling. Uh, and, and sometimes my, my feelings are reflected and demonstrated in something as simple as the look on my face. That's right. But um, words are the least reliable form of communication. And I only no. use those when everything else fails.
1: <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting. We all pick up on each other's energies or vibes, about kids call it. And the researcher at Marth also found that whatever we're feeling is like radiated or transmitted from the heart, as well as receiving other people's frequencies, feelings from in the heart. And that the heart, rate variability heart rhythm pattern actually changes in response to not only our feelings but other people's feelings and there's so much more about the heart than what is normally associated with a sentimental or philosophical view of it and i what i came to this work as a long-term meditator knowing that it was something about heart and love that connected me to something bigger and our research has found that heart intelligence, this heart brain synchronized experience, is really activated most easily by sincerely practicing what all major spiritual religions or paths called qualities of the heart love, care, gratitude, kindness, compassion, forgiveness. These attributes of heart all create a physiological state of heart rhythm coherence so that can enable us to get back to those states quicker once we understand that as well as empower those states more and be able to shift consciousness and wondered what your thoughts are on all that
0: Boy, i don't know how i would add a single word to what you have said I, I but i did find myself as you were speaking so eloquently i did find myself wondering whether it's true for me, I thought, gee, I wonder if that's true for me. When you said that the heart receives and sends energy into the universe, does the heart send negative energy into the universe? If the mind has a negative thought about something, a thought of anger or even retribution, does the heart send that energy into the universe? Great question. Of course, all of my questions are great questions. Thank (laughs) you for being on the program today.
1: (laughs) When we feel frustrated, angry, revengeful, all the qualities that create stress, which they do, worry, all of those, the heart rhythm pattern, the heart rate variability becomes very irregular and jagged. It's a reflection of the autonomic nervous system and how it really looks like the parasympathetic and sympathetic are fighting each other when we have people hooked up to our inner balance or M-wave monitor. What's exciting is to know we can shift that once we see the feedback, easier than just imagining it or mentally trying. But the electromagnetic field of the heart, with every heartbeat, we're putting out 2.5 watts of power and that creates an electromagnetic field. And the rhythm pattern of the heart is broadcast through that field. So yes, in that sense, when we're feeling angry or frustrated, we're broadcasting that specific signature through the heart's electromagnetic field. And we've been able to define different signatures for anxiety, for depression, for, of course, the signatures for love, care, kindness, all these attributes of the heart are this smooth sine wave-like coherent rhythm, which is why we call it coherence. And so the heart will broadcast whatever you're feeling. And that's how we pick up on each other's vibes. People say, oh, I went into the room and obviously people have been arguing. I couldn't see it by their body language, but it was so thick you could cut it with a knife. Or you go into a cathedral where people have been praying and feeling love and you feel uplifted. That's the reservoir of heart energy that is created through that electromagnetic field.
0: Fascinating. Thank you for answering that question. it's It's good to have you on the program with me today. Thank you.
1: Well, thank you. You know, you say on your website, the mind thinks of everything you can lose. The heart thinks of everything you can give. And the soul thinks of everything you are. I love that. Can you say more about how you see the difference between mind, heart, and soul?
0: Well, I think I've just said it in that wonderful sentence, but to elaborate a little bit on that, I think the soul is the aspect of divinity that resides within us. That is, I'm going to make the daring statement that I think that the soul is actually God, an individuation of God, implanted in the physicalization that we call our body, that I currently call Neil, that I currently call myself capital S-E-L-F. But I think the soul is the real self. It is the real individuation of divinity. And I think that the body, its relationship to the soul, is just a piece of equipment. It's a tool, like a tool, a hammer or a screwdriver or a wrench in our toolbox. That is, it is a piece of equipment that allows the soul to Express and experience to demonstrate its true identity, to expand in its expression of that identity, and to engage in the process that the mind would call loosely evolution. So, I think the relationship between the body and the soul is that the soul is the source, and the body is the tool that the source uses to express and to demonstrate the energy of its true identity. And I think that the heart is, excuse me, part of that process. I think the heart is part of the body, that, which is the second tool that the soul uses, the mind and the body. That the body is the aspect of life that expresses or that pushes out into the physical world the vibrations that the soul invites the body of the mind to project into the world.
1: You know what's interesting? I think that when we talk about soul or spirit, I'm just going to, we sometimes we just call that our larger self, you know, and without trying to to define it. But when we do our research, like I said before, where the heart receives the intuitive information first, and you can see that in the heart rate, it's called heart rate evoked potentials. It signals the brain, which then receives the information. And then the brain signals the body. So the heart is more than just the body, uh, the energetic heart, so to speak, not just the physical. It's receiving frequencies. And when the heart and brain are in sync, the mind or higher mind doesn't think of everything you can lose. In that state, it's thinking more for the wholeness. And yet, when the heart and mind are out of phase, the mind is turns into something very survival oriented, self protective, project you know all the things like you say what it can lose. So the fact that we can align heart, mind, body, and soul is where we have most access. That I find personally, as well as what the research is showing, to in downloads, intuitive downloads. Uh, intuitive conversations with something larger. Um, And so part of my desired background as a behavioral psychologist is, how do we help people develop this part of their operating system? Help people be able to access that more systematically, connecting with who they really are. And of course, the world, I think, needs that more than ever, but I see all the different spiritual Paths I've explored through my years, all trying to do the same thing, help people connect more with that.
0: Yes, I agree with you. I observed the same thing, but you said something that was kind of fascinating to me a minute uh-huh. ago. Okay. And I'd like to explore that with you if I could. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, I speak of the, the body, mind, and the soul. I, I speak of us as being three part beings the soul, the body, and the mind. Uh, And you said that there's, you said there are four parts of us. I heard you clearly saying there's the soul, the body, the mind, and the heart. Yeah. So you think it is, is it your thought that we are really four-part beings and that the heart, and and as you said, not not the physical muscle that's in our chest, but the aspect of us that we call our heart, um, that center of feeling, that center and receiver of energy, that we are actually four part beings: body, mind, soul, and heart. Am I hearing you correctly?
1: You are absolutely hearing me correctly. And then that, what
0: is the difference between the soul and the and the heart?
1: The heart is the in-between. It's the inter it, it is the coupling between the soul and the body. Ah. The feeling heart and the physical heart are so encoupled. That's what's so fascinating about this research. When you look at heartbeat evoked potentials and you look at how sensitive the heart is to quantum field information, if you will, intuitively knowing when something's going to happen without knowing how it knows or being able to know something non-locally. Uh, that the energetic heart, we call it a spiritual heart and how that couples with the physical heart and how that regulates the mind and body a lot. Did you know that the physical heart itself has a little brain inside it 40,000 neurons that can sense feel learn and remember and the physical heart is actually sending more information to the brain upstairs through the vagal nerve and other pathways, than the hot, hot brain sends to the heart. I was always brought up thinking, the brain controlled the physical heart, but it doesn't. There's a two-way communication, and the key is getting that two-way communication channel cleared and aligned.
0: You know, this is fascinating. And I don't mean to get into it, but it could be a three-hour conversation yeah. or to complicate the matter. But when you when I hear you speaking, I begin to wonder about what about people who have had a heart transplant? If, there, if the heart has its own brain and then it has a heart transplant, the, the brain of the heart is taken out of the body and apparently they do it whatever they do with the physical heart uh, that's being transplanted. And then they bring another heart in. I asked a question because I've actually had open heart surgery and not a minor uh, stent or anything. I actually had a quintuple bypass.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, around seven or eight years ago. So I I find myself listening very carefully to what you're saying, but I want to know then, if you have open heart surgery, if if the heart has its own, I love the way you put it, its own, in a sense, its own brain, its own center of neurons and information gathering mechanism, Right. It sends that information to the what we call our physical mind, our physical brain. Right. What about a person who has a heart transplant?
1: Well, it's interesting. There have been studies on that. You may be familiar with some of them, but very often the personality characteristics, like what they prefer to eat, and some of their dream states too, are transferred to the recipient. But over time... I think it's the soul, and another dimension of that person takes over, and that tends to fade away. but no, the heart brain retains a lot of that information, so in the beginning of the heart transplant, there's documented case after case of the person receiving the heart, taking on a lot of the characteristics, perceptions, feelings of the donor heart
0: wow so so of the uh, quadra- quadrant that we are, according to your definition, body, mind, soul, and heart, which is the most powerful? It and, depends
1: and... on what you're doing. I mean, all the people who are stuck in the mind and out of connection or their heart shut down and they have no real connection with their spirit or soul, their mind.
0: Why, why, why would the heart shut down if the heart has a brain of its own and if it knows that it is the source of love and what it chooses to project into the world is love. Why would the heart ever shut down?
1: Because it's a two-way communication between the brain, mind, and the heart. And when people yeah. have traumatic experiences, they feel rejected, then you have the the feelings of heartache, heartbreak, closed-off heart.
0: But if the heart knows better, why would it shut down? Why would it not encourage the brain to remain open in well, its Well, the community?
1: higher heart would always be open the real heart would but the mind can mask it and veil it and that's part of evolution i believe that's part of the learning process and growing is to when people are hurt or traumatized we have a trauma program about this called the resilient heart you have to learn how to reopen the heart or grief we have it's like unseen you know one of those little scene enemies that you poke it and it closes up it's so yeah. sensitive Yes. And it's got to be reopened through love. And love is a choice, I believe. Here on this planet, we have to choose. We are in a planet of choice. So it's choosing love, it's not automatic. And as we choose it, we reconnect heart, mind, body. And if you look at the world right now, it's in crisis because the mind, we've tried everything except opening the heart to each other. And yet there's more heart awakening on the planet happening, even though I don't see it in the news. And to me, that's the hope for the future, because it's establishing this heart awareness and heart consciousness on the planet. That is the next level of human evolution and how we're ever going to all learn to get along with each other, despite our mental upbringing differences.
0: Or you seem to be saying that the heart is the most powerful uh, or, or is it, or is it the mind? Because if you're telling me that the mind has to choose the heart after if it has a yes. traumatic experience or or threatened or in some other way uh, in a negative energy field, that the mind has to choose yep. to reopen itself to the heart, which means that the mind is in control.
1: And a lot of times it is. Why do you see the violence and the horrible stuff going on? It's the mind dominating out of. Projection or fear, all the reasons, but you're right. The mind has to choose the heart, just like we have to choose to shift to the heart, breathe through the heart, choose to forgive, choose to feel compassion, choose to feel kindness, choose to replace separation with connection. And that's our collective mission, those of us who have awakened to the power of love, the power of the heart, Is realizing that. So you're right. The heart is, but it has to be activated and awakened, the most powerful intermediary between spirit and body. It is the power of the heart, the hidden power of the heart, but it's all there. It's always been there. We just haven't learned how to activate it without all the religious trappings and rituals and trying to take that and clean it to what's the essence is really what heart math is about. But it's all about love. It's all about bringing love into the mind and manifestation.
0: So is there a process that you can recommend to simply uh, sim- simply thinking people like me? I have a very simple mind. Is there a way that you could say, Neil, here, here is a process I can offer you that can allow you to reestablish the connection to your heart and to open that channel uh, that we're now talking about?
1: Yes, absolutely. That's what we've been developing for thirty years as tools, techniques to do that. I'm going to send you a few things after this, but I'll some of our research on the energetic heart. But what I'm offering everybody and offer to you, it's for free because we really the world needs it. Is the HeartMath experience, which is a ninety-minute film, interactive or video course with five techniques that help you just do exactly what you said, how to choose, how to open the heart, how to connect with your deeper heart's guidance, how to make decisions from the heart, how to know when your mind is not aligned with the heart. Just the things you're asking for is in the heart math experience. It's 10, nine minute videos, or you watch it all together as 90 minutes. And uh, we brought it out just before the pandemic started and it was one of our products. And then when the pandemic started in March 2020, almost three years ago, we went, oh, we need to give this away. And it was one of the best things we've ever done. There's 100,000 people who have watched it now. And it, I believe it's really making a difference for a lot of people because yeah. just learning how to connect with our heart, how to forgive ourselves, how to get along with each other, let alone love each other is really the role of the heart that is like you said started off it's what's designed to do it's what we were created for is that love and that heart connection and that is the role of the heart
0: may i ask you one one more question yeah i'm really curious to know where if you think that the heart chooses or desires or seeks to love Everyone and everything, even those people or those aspects of life that appear to be doing us harm.
1: I totally believe that because the heart intelligence recognizes it awakens the higher brain, right? You know, the heart, when the heart is in love and feeling love, care, kindness, it's sending a signal that goes all the way up to the executive centers of the brain, synchronizing it where we see a bigger picture, we're feeling connected with the universe. And in that, you see that compassion is one of the highest aspects of love. So when someone is doing something terrible, you see it through a different lens. You see it through the eyes of the higher heart, which is understanding that it's intelligent to love. It's intelligent to forgive and have compassion. You can help that person and the field, the energetic field by doing that. It's not just a good thing or a spiritual thing to do. Love is an intelligence unto itself as we awaken.
0: If all these things are true, why in fact has it taken so long for the 8 million of us on the planet to move into the place and to understand all that you've just described?
1: Well, I believe it's taken so long because we haven't Opened up our hearts to each other to understand that the world is in the situation it's in. It's part of evolution. The mind had to become activated in order to choose the heart. You know, going from the superstition of thousands of years ago, we had to develop the intellect and mind. And now, even the math of the heart is like, okay, now we understand how limiting it is without the wisdom of the heart in putting the two together as the next level, the illumined mind and the illumined heart.
0: What could the average person do
1: Well, that's to make one, that happen? That's the tools and techniques that we teach from children to adults. We have programs. Uh, you can go to heartmath.com or heartmath.org and discover that we've been doing that every as passion, as a mission. But the HeartMath experience will really give you an overview of all of that. And that's available to all of our listeners for free. If you go to the website, you can just heartmath.com forward slash experience, and you can get it. And I really would love to give that to everyone. And let's—I'm going to lead you through a heart coherent meditation now. We're all do together. Where if I had you hooked up to a heart rate variability monitor, you'd see your heart rhythms go into this lovely coherent mode. And uh, we connect in that mode. So let's do it together. Let's center our focus in the heart. Sometimes putting your hand on your heart helps you keep your attention there. And as you focus in the heart, activate feelings of warmth, of love, of gratitude or appreciation or care for someone or something in your life where it's easy to feel those feelings. And if you can't feel the feeling, just breathe in calm as you breathe in through the area of the heart and out through the area of the heart. As you do this, you can warm your heart and it increases your heart coherence. Now let's radiate our heartfelt love and appreciation to all people who are practicing the attributes of the heart, such as love,
2: compassion, kindness, appreciation care, forgiveness. That helps us connect with them
1: energetically, lifts the spirit, and activates that heart-brain synchronization that gives us more access to the higher mind and the heart's intuitive guidance. Now ask your own heart's intuitive guidance for inspiration or for clarity. clarity or simply next steps, steps for areas of your life where you'd like to see
2: a positive change. And quietly listen to your own heart. Could be just an attitude, a thought, or a feeling. And sometimes answers come later,
1: if not in the moment, coming through another person, something you read, in the shower
2: but you open yourself to that. Now radiate your heart's love and commitment towards becoming your best. Best.
1: now let's radiate our collective heart energy into the planet into the whole planetary energetic field see it helping to raise the planetary vibratory rate to help draw in or magnetize intuitive solutions and more heartfelt cooperation for our personal social and global challenges. Now, let's close by co-creating, envisioning a reservoir of heart energy that each of us can tap into as needed over the next month when you want to connect more deeply with your heart's intuitive guidance and know the collective energy field can make that easier. Thank you for sharing that heart meditation. Neil, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners?
2: Wow.
0: As I stepped deeply into that experience that you so wonderfully facilitated, Deborah, I felt identical to the way I feel. When I'm having what I have come to call a conversation with God. Mm. And you know what I was thinking in the middle of that wonderful process that you just facilitated? I was thinking, would it be interesting if it turned out that metaphorically speaking, God was the heart of the universe? Mm. Mm that we see the universe, you know, when we look up the night sky and we think of the whole world and all the other planets and all the other solar systems, when we think of the cosmos, you know, we think of it, generally speaking, in its physicality. We think of all the swirling planets and the stars out there and in the night sky and so forth. As a a rule, we think of it in its physicality. But wouldn't it be interesting if what we call God was, in fact, the heart of that whole physical expression.
2: Mm,
1: I feel that. And that's where I feel we are all truly connected. And oneness becomes an experience of reality, not a concept. It's through the heart feelings.
0: Well, thank you for bringing all of us one step closer to that awareness and not just to that awareness. But to that actual experience because you can
1: experience
0: it thanks to the process that you just led us through here in those five or six minutes
1: well thank you neil thank you for your care your heart and love and the wonderful work you've done we're all i feel being drawn together to share our best learning and best practices so we can be of greater service the planet and any way i can serve you and your work let us know
0: thank you my friend blessed be
1: thank you to all of our listeners i want to remind you that every third tuesday of every month we publish a new episode be sure to subscribe so you don't miss our next guest and topic
0: thank you for listening to the ad heart podcast Be sure to subscribe so you can catch the latest episodes. If you're wanting even more heart-inspired math, and also the HeartMath Institute Instagram, both organizations are committed to helping activate the heart of humanity.